Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. You're listening to a Chicago Sports Nation production, enhancing your Chicago sports fan experience. Well, come on, baby, don't you wanna go? Well, come on, baby, don't you wanna go? Back to the same old place, sweet home, Chicago. It is Friday, September 6th, the day after Thursday Night Football, and I've been feeling better. Um, this is Bears Nation Podcast, myself, Jake Hassan, with Chris Nano and Kevin Lapka, and we had to do a State of the Union. As you all know, if you're listening to this, you know what happened last night, and you are probably in a similar state of mind as the rest of us. The Bears lose 10-3 to at home. Penalties inconsistencies, bad play calling, a lot of stuff that we got to talk about, a lot of stuff that we will talk about, three of us, that's why we are doing this State of the Union episode right now, because we're all disappointed, all three of us, and we, we've we expressed that in our group chat, and that's why we decided to do this episode, to share our thoughts with you, because that's what you come here for, and that's what you guys uh, listen for, and we'd be letting you down if we didn't, even in, in the, uh, the tougher times. So, guys... Um, I mean, let's just go an initial feelings off the bat. Go ahead, Chris. I know, I know you got some stuff to say. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, we've been talking in the group chat. Um, and, you know, I've been giving Mitch Trubisky a lot of slack on um, – a, a lot of flack on, um, on Twitter and social media. Um, and I just want to say, I mean, it, it definitely starts with him, but I do believe that it was just a terrible – um, offensive performance all the way around. Um, you know, Matt Nagy was just just awful. He was terrible. Seemed like he, he honestly didn't have an answer to what the Packers were throwing at us. Um, and, you know, whatever play calls he was calling, um, you know, Mitch definitely didn't help him out, didn't help the offense out. The offensive line was bad. Um, the receivers outside of Allen Robinson were pretty much non-existent. Um, and Adam Shaheen had, what was it, one catch, and then he had that drop later in the game. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't see a positive with this offense based off yesterday at all. Um, and I'll just leave it at that because I know Kevin has some stuff to say as well. Yeah, I mean, look, initial reaction. If you're hopping off the bandwagon, I tweeted this out last night. If you're hopping off the bandwagon, stay off the bandwagon. We don't want you on, on here. Look, the real ones are still going to believe in this team, all right? There's obviously things to be critical about, which I will be critical about throughout the episode. But if you're hopping off after game one of the 2019 season, get out of here, man. That just goes to show that you weren't even a real fan going into the season. So, hey, look, I'll I'll get into this later, but I still have faith. I just want to throw that out from the jump, that I still think this team has a ton of talent and a ton of promise, and I still think they still have a chance to make a run for the Super Bowl. That being said, you know, there were a lot of issues, mainly on the offensive side of the ball. So I guess, you know, we'll start with that. Um, 
Matt Nagy simply just wasn't good enough last night. I mean, uh, I guess we could say he got outcoached by Matt LaFleur, which is unacceptable. Um, the play calling was just... Uh, it, sometimes you just wonder, right? I, I don't even think he was getting too cute with it. I don't... I just think he he wasn't using the right personnel most of the time. He wasn't getting the ball to his playmakers, which we actually saw a glimpse of last year. You know, people wondered all of last year, why is Tariq Cohen not getting the ball out of the backfield? I don't think he had a single carry out of the backfield last night. Um, obviously, I think Mike Davis had more carries than Dave Montgomery, or he was on the field, you know, more. But he did say in the press conference that he wasn't necessarily comfortable with Dave Montgomery being on the field 100% as a rookie. Just, I don't know if he was unprepared or whatever, but I find that to be something that will ramp up in the future. And then, you know, Mitchell Trubisky, man, his history in primetime games has not been good. This was just another bad example, but we have to remember, right? That offensive line last night was bad. Uh, it seemed like every time we're watching Mitchell Trubisky throw the ball, he's either rolling out or he's getting hit while he threw it. Of course, the decision to throw the ball in the corner is the main thing. That was, you know, a, a relatively clean pocket for uh, a few seconds, and that was just a terrible decision. But, uh, yeah, that's all I got to say for now, and we'll get into more of it. I mean, the thing to me that was most shocking about last night was not only Matt Nagy's play calling because it, it, Matt Nagy did regress in the play calling. I mean, he, he it looked like week one of last season, which was surprising, but it was surprising how bad the interior offensive line was. Like There was no consistency, it seemed like, from James Daniels, Cody Whitehair, and Kyle Long. I mean, they got beat inside multiple times, and We've been here. I mean, Whitehair just got this extension. Long is a multi-time Pro Bowler. Uh, D- James Daniels is in his second year after showing a lot of promise last year. And it, it was just surprising because we heard how good of a unit this was. And then it, it just seemed like they weren't ready. And, I mean, there's just so much to talk about. But we do need to talk about Mitch and Nagy because they are connected. Um, Mitch was bad. There's no way around that. He was really, really bad. I mean, he w- he was floating throws. He was underthrowing. He was putting throws in bad spots. Um, it looked like, to me, that he was rushing a lot of throws, too. Like, he was rushing through his reads. I don't know if any, if you guys noticed that or if maybe it was just me, but it seemed like he either wasn't going through all of his reads or he was just going through them way too fast and not waiting for them to develop. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, it looked like he was just going for his – first read like he, he just wasn't adjusting I mean he was staring down his first read and you know even if the play was there uh, even if the play wasn't there he was just throwing it up it felt like um which I mean I I just it feels like that goes back to what I've been tweeting about it just feels like he he still looks panicky he, he still looks like he just wants to get the ball out of his hands that that's what it looks like he, he doesn't he, he doesn't have the poise it seems at least as of yet and um, you know, this is his third year and, and, you know, we've been saying all off season, I mean, there, there are no more excuses. I, I just, that's the bottom line for me. I, I mean, th- there's nothing else we can say to, to defend him. I mean, he, he has to either, you know, step up this year or, I mean, it's, it's a wrap for his Chicago career, in my opinion. Here's what's interesting. You mentioned the panic, right? All throughout about that first half of the game, Chris Collinsworth kept mentioning his footwork and how his footwork looked so much more relaxed and panic or less panicked in the pocket. But when he was making the throws, it just didn't seem like that. You look at that Adrian Amos interception specifically, he didn't take his eyes 
off that read. And he still just threw it in the wrong spot. But he was looking at Allen Robinson the whole time. He had Tariq Cohen open about eight yards up. It would have been a tight throw, but it was definitely not a ball that would get picked. Um, but he, you know, he just continued to throw it there. Uh, he, I think what Matt Nagy said in the press conference from a scheme standpoint was he thought the nickel was going to drop back and be a one-on-one jump ball between Amos and Robinson, which he had trust in Amos for. And, I, you know, I guess that's a reasonable explanation, but nonetheless, I mean, that nickel was not, that nickel had showed no signs of coming back up. Uh, so I, I just don't know why you throw that ball, but that's the weird thing, right, is throughout the game, and it, it, there's still the flashes, right? Um you know, there's still those beautiful throws, whether it's that one to Allen Robinson on the sideline, even that one where he rolled out and threw that 40-yard Hail Mary off his back foot that ended up getting called back due to pass interference, which I thought was kind of soft. I mean, I know the arms were extended, but, I mean, he barely touched the guy. But, um, you know, it's – look, here's what I'm going to say right now. I'll give it till about week eight. If he doesn't clear things up by week eight, sure, you can start talking about his future in Chicago. But for now, I'm going to give him a little bit of time. I, I am, and – uh. I think you have to at this point, right? At this state of the season, they're not going to make an acquisition to get a new quarterback. They're not going to start Chase Daniel. It's going to be Mitch Trubisky in the Super Bowl if we make it there. It's going to be Mitch Trubisky leading this team to the playoffs, which I think we will still make. Um, So you're going to have to live with it at this point. And he's going to have glimpses of greatness. Trust me, he will come out there in a few games and he will be great. It's just finding that consistency. And the start of that consistency just wasn't very good yesterday, like we said. Nagy's play calling obviously was a pressing issue throughout the game. It's pretty much getting most of the attention now. Uh, here we are just 12 hours or so more than that after the game. But Chris, what what did you dislike the most about his play calling? Obviously, we know Anthony Miller had zero targets. We know Dave Montgomery only six carries. But was there any specific thing that you did not like or, or as a whole? What did you not like that Matt Nagy did last night from a play calling perspective? Yeah, um, I was talking um, about about this with some of my friends yesterday and um it just seems like he doesn't know what he wants to do with the personnel like it, it just it never feels like he knows what he's doing I, it, it, I mean I tweeted this earlier this morning it almost feels like he's winging it like he I don't know the game plan just I didn't understand yeah. what what the game plan was supposed to be I, I don't I don't get what he was trying to do at all um you know we stopped running the ball when I feel like we had we, I feel like we were pretty successful running the ball when we did run it um, and then his comments about David Montgomery, I, I mean, he, he's ready to go. He, he's, he's ready to play football in the NFL. Um, so I'm not buying that. He, he didn't feel comfortable with him on the field. I, I, I don't see why that's the case. Um, so, yeah, it's just question marks all around um, in my mind with, with Matt Nagy. Yeah, I mean, I I guess I can understand the fact that he's a rookie, but even then, like, just take what you saw from the first three carries, right? I mean, this dude is breaking tackles. I mean, everything had nothing but good things to say uh, about Dave Montgomery uh, through those first few carries where he was, again, breaking those tackles, getting those yards. I mean, he ended up with six carries for 18 yards, but he had a few where it was like, okay, yeah, this is the guy that we traded up for. Like, this is this is the guy that's better than Jordan Howard. Um, and they they just completely went away from that. And I just don't understand it at all because I don't think they threw a pat. I don't think they ran the ball in the fourth quarter or the third quarter. One of those quarters, they didn't run the ball at all. And it was just, you know, you got to find a tempo, I think, was the main thing. And actually, in that fourth quarter, they started to find a rhythm uh, until Trubisky threw that interception. That drive was a nice rhythm, but... 
I, that's the main word I'll say is tempo. There was never a tempo throughout the game. At, at points, you saw the Packers get into a bit of a tempo. They were going no huddle. Things were looking nice for them. They were mixing in the run in the past. The Bears never got to that situation. I mean, they, they'd throw nice. I mean, after that 27-yard reception by Dave Montgomery, I think that's when people were starting to think, okay, this is where, you know, Matt Nagy is coming into his own. They're going to turn it up. Let's run the ball a little bit. Didn't happen. That's exactly the situation where you do it. And it's putting a lot of pressure on Mitch, quite frankly. I mean, the dude threw 45 passes last night. And for the kind of game that he was having, you don't want to just keep having him throw the ball. I mean, take a bit of, you know, take it off of him a little bit. Give it to Tariq Cohen, who didn't get a carry. Give it to, I mean... Give it to Mike Davis a few times as well, even on that series. I just, I think that was the main issue. And I think that's what everyone's kind of talking about is why did he not run the ball more? Yeah. I mean, that's the thing too. I mean, you, you can't, you can't be one dimensional when it comes to, to um, you know, an offense. I mean, it's never going to work. You, the, the Packers, you know, we threw the ball 45 times and it still felt like the Packers weren't really respecting the pass and they didn't need to. I mean, it wasn't working. Yeah. Um, so it, it's just, I don't I, I don't know. It, it seems like whenever Nagy has a game plan instilled, um, it, it just seems like whenever the other team adjusts, he doesn't know how to adjust back. And I feel like we're always stuck where we are. Um, and I feel like that that's something that he's going to ha- definitely have to improve on. I mean, he was he was a coach of the year last year. But I'm, I mean, if you're not going to improve on that, you know what I mean? It's kind of like, yeah, yeah. No, so I mean, that. Just, yeah. It was an issue in Kansas City, too, you know, when everyone was like, okay, he didn't adapt after, you know, the Chiefs lost that playoff game against the Titans a few years ago when he was the offensive coordinator. They went up big, and, and, you know, he kind of just did some poor things in the second half. People are kind of just relating it to his time in KC where he doesn't really know how to adapt to a game no matter what the situation is. I think the same thing happened uh, today. He didn't know how to adapt. He, He, you know... I just don't, right, it's like you said, going into it, what was his plan? You know, everyone in the media, everyone, pretty much every fan thought, all right, you know, the plan is they're probably going to come in here and it's going to be a run-dominant game with Dave Montgomery, with the whole run DMC that you branded all offseason, you worked so hard, you know, to to have a good group of running backs, and then they just completely shy away from that. Um, You know, the third and one, you know, that's the main play that everyone talks about, right? It's third and one, and then Cordero Patterson is the tailback for that play, and, and I just don't understand that. I know he said in the press conference, oh, if you had Walter Payton, he wouldn't have gotten through that as well. Sure, maybe the defense was good, but even then, why is Cordero Patterson in there in that situation? That's exactly why you had David Montgomery, is for that situation. Um, I don't care if Cordero Patterson has done some nice things in that situation before with the Patriots or with the Vikings. Give it to your guy. Show that you have confidence in your guy. Um, I know they want this to be a running back by committee, but it's just not going to be. It needs to be David Montgomery as the RB1, and then it needs to be Tariq Cohen as the RB2, and then Mike Davis can get his opportunities here and there. I think Mike Davis had some nice things, showed some nice things, but Dave Montgomery's the guy, and Tariq Cohen needs carries. I mean, zero carries for Tariq Cohen, it's just it's absurd. Yeah, I mean, not even, not even carries, I feel. I just feel like he has to be used in the offense more. I mean, he can catch. He can do so many you know yeah. different types of things in this offense and you know for him I, okay so he got no carries in this game which is okay it, it's i i don't agree with it but it's all right but at least get him involved he can he's a playmaker he's he's the guy that can make things happen and you know when you don't put the ball in your playmaker's hands i mean i don't know what what really there is to expect it's just it's just disappointing um i did want to ask you one thing though um how did you feel about um, Nagy going for it on fourth and ten when uh, the field goal or field goal attempt would have been around 
I want to say 51, 52 yards. Yeah, I mean, that, that was, I think that was, I was watching the press conferences from this morning and last night, and I think that was the question that was the most prevalent. That was the, the play that was asked about the most. And, you know, I'm kind of back and forth on it, right? Think about if Eddie Pinheiro goes out there and he misses it and the Packers get the ball at that spot in that situation. That kills the confidence of Eddie Pinheiro. And I understand that because right now, all you want to do is build up the confidence for that man. And I don't care if it's 51 yards. If he misses that, you know what the reaction is going to be from the fans at Soldier Field, from the city of Chicago, from everyone. And it'd be bad for his confidence. That being said, in that situation, what has your offense done to show that you can even get anywhere near converting 10 yards on fourth down. Absolutely nothing. At that point in the game, when they went for it on fourth, I was not confident at all as a fan. I thought, okay, there's probably a 30% chance that they're going to get it here. Maybe Allen Robinson on the sideline up the middle. That was it. They showed nothing from that point for me to say, okay, you know, maybe this is a good idea. Um, If I were the coach in that situation, I would have said kick the field goal. um, Because you, you, look, at some point, he's going to be in that situation. And I know he said Chris Tabor said the number based off of pregame was was 50. Like, it was too far because apparently every game now, you know, Chris Tabor is going to have a number on his sheet uh, based off the pregame kicking that Daddy Pinard does. And he says, all right, if, if it's past this certain number, we're not going to kick the field goal. But come on, man. What's the thing we know about Eddie Pinard? He's got the leg, right? Give him a yeah. shot. Even if he gets torn down. You know, it, it was a 51-yarder. You can't blame him too much. And I think you just got to give him the opportunity and just take the points in that situation. I mean, fourth and 10 after what that offense was doing, I, I don't really necessarily agree with it. Yeah, I mean, th- this is my whole thing with that. If you don't trust your kicker to make a 51 or 52-yarder, he shouldn't be your kicker. And and that's just yeah. how I view it. I mean, yeah. I, I definitely think Pinheiro, um, like you said, he has the leg for it. Um, so, I mean, if you're telling – if Nagy – didn't send him out there because he wasn't confident in his accuracy, then, you know, that's a problem. That's definitely a right. problem. Um, so that's my whole thing with that. I, I definitely would have kicked the field goal. Um, and I don't know, maybe maybe I am being a bit biased because pinero has been my guy for a while. But, I, I mean, 51, 52 yards is not out of the question for Pinheiro oh, at no. all, in my opinion. Um, so I, I just, yeah, I think that was an awful decision. And like you were saying, I mean, the offense was, was – doing nothing so i mean they weren't even converting on third and short what what, ma- what makes you think they'll they're gonna convert on fourth and ten you know it's just i don't know man it, it was just the wrong decision in my opinion but I mean, yeah that's all there is to say i mean i totally agree the third down was was just the third i think i don't know the exact statistic i think we were one for 11 i don't know you can't hold yeah. me to that but but it was bad but i will say Green Bay was worse on third down. So here, let, let's talk about the positives because there are positives. It's crazy as it seems. There are positives to this game. There is a positive on the offensive side of the football, and that is Allen Robinson. This guy, uh, he's proving to be an elite wide receiver. I mean, he pretty much caught every ball that came his way other than that one that tipped off his hands up the middle. But I couldn't tell if that was a bad throw or not. It seemed like it was a tough play to make, but I mean, he caught, I mean, he had seven receptions, 102 yards, that 27 yard reception as his long, uh, I mean, he, he was just catching balls all over the field. Uh, that was definitely a highlight of last night's game. Oh yeah. I mean, the, the thing is with, with Allen Robinson, he's, he is an elite receiver and I, I really don't care what people's have to say about that. I mean, he, he's as talented as they come. Um, and, you know, it, it really does sting because it almost feels like we wasted his his 
damn good performance last night. So yeah. um, it, it's just, it's tough. It sucks. Um, and then another positive, uh, I'll just keep going with it, yeah. is the, the freaking defense, man. Yeah. I mean, we got to talk about that. They, they, people were talking about regression, this and that. And I mean, you can argue they looked better yesterday than at any point last year. Um, and I know, and I know this is, this is a newer Packers offense and they're still trying to get things figured out. They didn't play in the preseason, blah, blah, blah. But I mean, our defense is not going to regress. Our defense is going to be just as good as last year, if not better. Um, but I mean, it, it, the, the bottom, bottom line is it really doesn't matter what the defense does. If your offense is putting up three points every game, I mean, obviously that's not going to happen every game, but you get my point. I mean, the offense definitely going to have to wake up and I mean, wake up by week two type of thing, yeah. because if not, you know, our schedule definitely does not get any easier. So they're going to have to figure this out quick. Yeah, I mean, again, you mentioned it. The positive is the defense. I mean, you anytime you hold any team to 10 points, that, you know, even an Aaron Rodgers team, uh, it's exceptional. I mean, this is a, a defense that had five sacks last night. And if you're wondering, uh, the NFL record for sacks in a season is 72. So if the Bears get five sacks a game, they'd break the NFL record by eight sacks. So having five sacks in one game is an exceptional number. Uh, Leonard Floyd had two sacks and just look like a monster. I mean, you know, every time we talk about Leonard Floyd, it's always speed to get around uh, a guy. He was running through David Bakhtiari, the best rated uh, offensive lineman in football, just running through him to get to Aaron Rodgers. So you like what you see from Leonard Floyd. I think a breakout player was Roy Robertson Harris. Oh my goodness. This guy was just blowing people over. And again, all these guys, right? I mean, Kyle Fuller, again, what a game from Kyle Fuller. Sure, the stats don't pop out. I mean, he had two pass deflections, but this dude locked down Devonta Adams. He locked down uh, those receivers. This is a guy who's going to return as an all-pro corner, I think. Khalil Mack, a little bit quiet, but, I mean, we're not questioning Khalil Mack. The question that I have, before I get into a little bit more about the defense, is you look at the two plays that were pretty much the deciding factors in the game from the Packers' offensive side, right? It's that 40-yard pass where, you know, Rodgers just kind of throws it up, and I think it was caught by Scantling. I don't, I don't know exactly who caught that one. Yeah, um, was, yeah. I think, yeah, it was Scantling. Deion Bush is on the field for that. I And I just don't know why. And I'm not to say he was the one who allowed that play to happen, but you watch the replay, and, and there's really no one going up the seam. He's kind of playing like a mid-safety there. There's no one going up the seam, and he just lets uh, Scantling – stay behind him. And I know Prince Mukamura has got one-on-one coverage with him on that, and he probably should have stayed with him. But that's a situation where Deion Bush has to be has to be aware of that and get back on that ball. But I just want to know why Hyde and Clinton Dix is on, isn't on the field at that time. And, you know, the reporters asked that in the press conference. And Matt Nagy just said, oh, I, you know, something about the personnel. That, for that situation, they run to, wanted to run a play with that personnel. Why is the guy you paid X amount of money for, I don't know the exact number, not on the field in that situation? And then you go to the red zone and they throw a lob to Jimmy Graham. And who's on the defense for that? It's Deion Bush. Look, I know yep. we said nice things about Deion Bush, right? And he's a viable free safety from what we saw in the preseason. I don't care. I don't understand why the guy you went out and got to replace Adrian Amos is not on the field in that situation. I just I just don't. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point, too. Deion Bush, I mean, as far as, far as I can remember, I can think of two Deion Bush plays and neither of them were good. So, I mean, that that's – he yeah. had a pretty bad game yesterday. Um, I know we've been – we were pretty – we were pretty high on him after this preseason, and, and I think it was a couple podcasts ago. But, um, yeah. yeah, I mean, that that it, he did not have a good game at all. Um, and, and, you know, the, the thing is, I think Ha Clinton Dix was pretty good yesterday. I, I didn't see him 
you know, make any no, mistakes. Yeah, I mean, he, he yeah. was doing his thing out there. Um, so, yeah, that, that didn't really make sense to me. And that lob pass was just, man, I, I can't believe they scored that touchdown. He literally, it seemed like he just threw the ball up, like just he hoping I mean, he would come down yeah, with it. And then totally. And, I don't remember exactly how many defenders were around him, but it looked like there were more Bears in the area than Packers, and you know he still ended up coming coming down with it. So that that really sucked. That that was awful. Um, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. I mean, yeah, there was just another there was another guy there. I think I think I don't know who it was, but they were covering another man. So I think it pretty much I, I think it was one on one essentially yeah. between Dion Bush and Jimmy Graham, and it's just you know. I, I don't know. I was just very frustrated at that time. Why we saw you know, unfortunate times for Deion Bush to be on the field there. But I mean, nonetheless, again, if you want to look at season outlook, which we have to, and I know it's so hard. It's so hard to look at the rest of the season after this game because of how, you know, the anticipation uh, is what made this game such a, a, a terrible loss and why we all couldn't sleep last night is because, you know, we waited 242 days and, and we talked all the smack. We did. Um, yeah. As Bears fans, rightfully so, we should have. I mean, come on. You know, all the things that we did, there was no reason for us to lose this game. All the predictions that we made, all validated predictions. It's not like we're the Miami Dolphins saying they're going to come out here and win the Super Bowl. No, this Bears team has talent, and they just didn't get it done. But you look at future outlook, this Bears defense is going to keep them in every single game. And that's the thing that you don't have to worry about. They're going to keep them in every single game. The only thing you're watching now is the progression of the offense. And if I were to make a prediction, it's going to improve. First of all, it's going to improve because there's really nowhere to go but up after that game. There's nowhere to go but But, I mean, come on. Trubisky is not going to have a game like that again. I I truly believe that. No matter what you think about him, what you think he's uh, a bust or just an average quarterback where, you know, I'm not at the point where I can necessarily make a prediction on that, but he's going to be better. I I really think that, and I think Matt Nagy's going to start coming into his own. I mean, we saw the same thing last year, guys. You know, we were just as devastated last year. Uh, I'd say it's around the same amount as devastation because, you know, this is a different game, but last year, you know, you're up 20 to zero, you blow it with a broken leg of Aaron Rodgers. I mean, we're just about as upset last year as we are this year. So, Again, just remember, how did the season start last year, right? Yeah. 0 and one, and yeah. look how it finished. So, I mean, there's still there's still promise. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent agree. Uh, the thing that that really just kind of didn't sit right with me, and I know it, it's just it, it is what it is. But you know, Nagy was talking all off season about how he wants the guys to feel he wanted them them to feel that Eagles loss, um, this and that, this and that, and then you come out first game of the season following that loss, and you. You put up three points. Like it's like it's like come on, man. It's just I, yesterday's offensive performance. I think the best word is just inexcusable. It's just it, it's not yeah. good enough, um, and it has to improve. I had one one question for you because I've I've seen it floating around Reddit a little bit on Twitter as well. Mm-hmm. Um, do you believe next week's win? It kind of sounds ridiculous to think about, but uh, do you think next week's game is a must win? Yes, it is. It is a must win. And I made that prediction season predictions that it will be a win, but it is a must win. I mean, I I mean, look, the Saints went down 0-3 two years ago, ended up making the divisional playoff round and ended up making the playoffs as the number one seed or number two seed. So if you want to speak on those terms, look, if they actually lose that game, will I say they have no chance to make the playoffs? No. But from a fan standpoint, from just a confidence level of the team standpoint, it is a must win. Look, you go into Denver and no matter what you say about them and about that game, they're a below-average team, roster-wise. They are a below-average team. You have no excuse to go in there and perform the way you did from the offensive side 
in that game next week. And I know Vic Fangio is there, and I don't care. I don't care that it's Vic Fangio running that defense. I don't care that they have Von Miller and Bradley Chubb. You got to go out there, and you got to put up 20-plus points. Because I know for a fact this Bears defense is going to come out next week and hold Joe Flacco to under 14 points. I would go, I would, I would assure that almost. But you got to see the improvement from the offense. And if we don't see the improvement in next week's game, that's when you start to worry. Because last year, you know, you saw the same thing last year. Good offensive first half, bad offensive second half in that first game. And you started to worry a little bit about that team and about Mitchell Trubisky. And then things started to heat up, right? And, you know, as the season went on, things started to heat up. I think that'll happen again this season. I really do. But it has to happen next week or else we're going to be in some serious trouble, I think, from the offensive side. Again, I'm going to keep reading only from the offensive side because there's nothing to worry about about the defense. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I mean, I predicted the Bears would lose to Denver in our season prediction um, yeah. episode. But, you know... The thing is, you know, we've we've been calling ourselves Super Bowl contenders heading into the year, blah, 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 this and that. If I mean, if we really are Super Bowl contenders, you have to beat the Denver Broncos. I mean, yep. there, there's there's yep. no way around that. Um, and, you know, that's the thing. So, I mean, yeah, they, they have a good team. And me and Jake were kind of, you know, you know, hyping them up a little bit. You know, they have some weapons here and there, but the Bears are a better team. And if they don't win this game, I think there's going to be some problems, honestly. I, I don't think it's going to be yeah. pretty if they lose this game. Oh, it, w- it would not be pretty. This team starting 0-2 would not be pretty. But here's the thing that you also have to look at, right? If, if there's one thing we know about the Chicago Bears, it's their culture, right? What is their hashtag from last year? Be obsessed. I don't see Khalil Mack, Akeem Hicks, even Mitchell Trubisky, Allen Robinson. I don't see these guys allowing this team to lose two in a row to a Denver Broncos team. I just don't see it. Um, they're going to find a way to win that football game however way they can. Look, Matt Nagy is a guy... He's a man of his word. I mean, it's just the way it is. He's a great coach, and he's a man of his word. And he said, you know, they're going to come back stronger, and they're going to have a response uh, against the Broncos to what they did uh, in in last night's game. And, and I fully believe that. I really do. And I just don't see, you know, for as I tweeted out this morning, this is a team full of workers, full of grinders. I mean, we know how much these guys like, even Mitch, you know, say what you want about Mitch. The dude works hard. He likes yeah. to be in the film yeah. room. He, he, he you know. If the product is not what we want, he's putting in the work. They're not going to allow themselves to lose two in a row against that Broncos team. It's simply not going to happen. I, I just don't see how, how it's going, going to be possible uh, with, with with the culture that they have in that locker room. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it, it's tough. It, it's I mean, I know a lot of Bears fans are probably feeling how I'm feeling right now. It, you're just not too confident in the team right now, and it, it kind of – it kind of is unfair after the first game, but it's almost like, you know, they we were expecting a lot more than what we saw yesterday, and yeah, um, it's kind of kind of gave me like a deflating feeling. Like I was all oh, hyped yeah. up, you know, Bears opening up the season, NFL's back, and um, your team comes out and and does that. It's just it, it kind of kills your confidence a little bit. But yeah, I mean, uh, you know, they they can definitely get get things back on track with with a W against Denver. Um, and, you know, these first four games, with all due respect to the teams we're playing, was supposed to be the easier part of our schedule. So, yeah. um, I mean, I think we got to we, we gotta come come out of – I want to say the first four games, I think three and one is what I had them at. Mm-hmm. And it is still possible, but um, I think they have to be at least three and one for me to feel confident and, and you know, moving forward, as a, at least as a Super Bowl contender. Um, so, yeah, yeah that, that's kind of where they, I'm at. 
Going into the bye week, they have to win the next four. I mean, you got the Broncos, the Redskins, the Vikings at home, and then the Raiders in London. You got to win the next four. It, that That is no question. And if you get there, I mean, if we're sitting there week six, mid-October, um, and and we see the Bears are five and one, I don't think you're worried. Um, again, this is, I'm going to keep going to it back to it last year, right? It's the same situation. Week one of last year, how are we all feeling? Most people thought the Bears were not even a, a playoff contender because at that time, no one had any idea what the case capability of this team was and you know everyone's counting them out the same thing's happened again this year mbc sports chicago did a poll on twitter that they were uh d- doing on tv 93 percent of the community had the bears going to win seven games or less i mean if you are one of those people you know get out of here go become a packers fan i mean i don't understand how you could possibly say that this team's going to win less than seven games but you have to see them um win these next four, and it, and it starts with the Broncos. And I think that's the most cru- excruciating thing is that we have to wait nine days now until yeah. that can be proven. Uh, exactly. And that's the most frustrating thing is we won't hear anything but the, the, the banter and the slander for the next the next uh, nine days until that game. And we're, all we're going to hear are the negativity, negative, negativity, until the team can come out and prove that that is not that, that this 2019 Chicago Bears is not what they showed last night. Yeah, yeah, I mean, 100%. I mean, look, we've been pretty much bashing the Bears and deservingly so, but, um, you know, it, it's kind of crazy to say that the season's done or, you know, saying we're going to win less than seven games. Like, I feel like that's de- – I mean, I, I feel like I'm a huge overreactor to things, and I, I even think that's ridiculous. So it's like – I mean, that that's kind of stupid. Honestly, that's that's the way to describe it is stupid. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think we've pretty much covered it all. Um, I, well, there's I think... one, there's, few, there's two more things that there's two more things that I want to ask you about. Uh, we, this is something that we talked about throughout the, the, the preseason. And I know, you know, I'm going to say it, it's resting the starters and Matt Nagy, you know, he obviously got a lot of questions of it from the press conference and, and pretty much most of the media, uh, or what, what he said basically was, oh, I don't really believe it was a factor. But, you know, looking at it, they come out flat, they score three points. Do you think that him resting the starters in the preseason was a factor? You know, at first, I didn't think so. Like, the, after the first half, I was like, nah, they're going to figure it out. They're going to figure it out. They're going to yeah. figure it out. And they didn't. So, I mean, I guess it's tough to, to say no to that question just because, I mean, they just looked rusty. Uh, that was the big, big part of it. So... I mean, I, I feel like it's hard to say no to that question. Um, it, it's tough, and obviously we'll never know the answer to it, but I, 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 would, I would be dumb to say it didn't have at least a little bit of an effect, honestly, from now that I'm thinking back at it. Um, yeah. And, yeah, that, that's, that's about it for me with that. Yeah, and then I, I honestly will say I think Trey Burton not being on the field is a huge issue for this offense, and it shouldn't rely on Trey Burton but it just it, it just does. They they seem lost yeah. without him. Exactly. I mean, we saw it in the Eagles game. We saw it tonight. So we need him to be healthy going forward. But uh, even then, it, sh- it it shouldn't. Again, it shouldn't be that big of an issue that one singular tight end is out. But I think I really do think it's important. So they're going to need Trey Burton out there. Or they're going to find find a different tight end uh, if he's not ready to go at all for this this year. But you know, if these if these injuries persist. Uh, which I don't think they will, then you might see them go a different direction. But for now, they, they need Trey Burton on the field. 100%. He needs to be on the field. I mean, there's 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 no denying that. Um, but, you know, 
I, I'm actually okay with them sitting him. If, if they didn't feel he was ready, it's fine. There's, yeah. you know, there was 10 days in between games from week one to week two. So um, I would, I, I would be worried if he's not back for week two though. That, that would definitely be worrying in my opinion. Totally. Um, and then I think the last thing before we wrap it up is penalties. Obviously, you know, you, anytime you have first and 40, I mean, <laughs> yeah. you don't even have a play call. For yeah. first and 40. And Matt Nagy said that in the press conference. It's, it's inexcusable. The Bears all of last year, I think, had 12 holding penalties called on them. All of 2018. This year, or in this game, I think it was four or five, something like that. It, it's just not acceptable. But I will say, I mean, every you know, every time I watch this, you know, I, I see Khalil Mack getting held by the neck, by the arm, by oh, by whatever, and and, there, and there's just no call. And, and I, I every time the Bears play the Packers, that seems like that's the outcome. And look, I'm not going to blame the game on penalties because that's just an ignorant thing to do. But it is frustrating seeing Khalil Mack being thrown to the ground and not getting a single call when you know. Charles Leno maybe does a little bit of something and they're throwing the flag all over the place. So that's frustrating, but the penalties need to be uh, a point of emphasis going into practice this week. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, the thing is with holding, if you, there's no way a refs can see every single holding call. Um, and and I mean, yeah, that's, yeah. that's the thing, but, but the thing is, I really feel like there's holding like offensive linemen hold on pretty much every play is just how obvious you make it honestly like I, yeah. I truly do believe there's some holding here and there on every single play um but yeah i, I saw khalil mag get tackled i want to say three or four times during the game by an offensive lineman and there oh, yeah. was no call at, at all so i mean it, that's the thing i feel like it's so subjective but like you said it, it we we can't blame this on penalties at all. It was an, an it was an inexcusable performance by the offense, um, and you know we we just can't keep getting bailed out by the defense time and time again. It's just it's not sustainable. Um, it's not going to end up end up well if, if we're just going down that route again. So yeah, a hundred percent agree. So l- let's wrap it up. But here we got to end with a little bit of positivity because all there is is negativity going around, and, oh, and that's all it's going to be for the next nine days. And, and there's not a single Bears fan that's happy. But you know, here at Bears Nation Podcast, we are the shining light in the time of darkness. Uh, this team still has promise. It still has hope. This defense, I think, will still, uh, I not think, they will end as the number one defense in football. I still think they're going to break the sack record, and this team will end up in the playoffs, and things will be okay. Matt Nagel will figure it out. Come on. Have trust in the coach of the year. That's all I got to say. Have trust in this team, in the workers on this team. Have trust in Akeem Hicks, Dan Trevathan, Mitchell Trubisky even. Have trust in Allen Robinson and Tariq Cohen. Have trust in the Bears organization to figure it out, and you will see this team in the playoffs, and things will get better. Uh, I know it's not it's not an easy time right now, uh, but it will get better and you will see the Bears improve. And just like last year, I think end up 12 and four in the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm going to just add to that and, and say, you know, let's just slow our rolls down a little bit. Yeah, um, I, I think, you know, we got to give the team some time to figure it out. Um, but, you know, as far like just in the grand scheme of things, if Mitch, I feel, doesn't figure it out by by um, week eight or nine, then I feel like we'll definitely yeah. have problems. But but for now, I I, I think we just got to be positive. Um, we just got to try to get this win um, against Denver and just keep me moving forward. Uh, and that's you know that's all we can do now. The game is in, this Packers game is in the past. Um, just got to yeah. look forward now. You can't do anything to change what happened. 
as much as Bears fans are, you know, the most hyped, the most excited, the most passionate, they are also the most critical. So yeah. all you're seeing on Twitter are the criticisms. But again, allow them to figure it out. Uh, and, and I think they would do just that. Week eight, we can start getting worried about Trubisky, but just give him some time. Look, in the words of Aaron Rodgers, I hate to quote the man Aaron Rodgers, but R-E-L-A-X. Just relax, guys. Take a chill pill. Uh, this team will find its way. If it's week five or week four and they're and, and they're zero and four, okay, maybe I was wrong. But uh, from what we know about this team and the personalities in the locker room and the players on the field, we have no reason not to believe that they will come back stronger. So I think that just about wraps it up. Anything else, Chris? Um, I just have one more thing to say. Yeah, go um, ahead. I do think the majority of the criticism. And the pain we're feeling is because we lost, not not only lost, but we lost the Packers. And I, yes. and, you know, that that's the that's yes. the thing too. So I we got to keep that in mind. It just Bears and Packers fans both obviously wanted to win that game. It's a huge rivalry, and you know that it just makes that loss thing even more. So I feel like that's why there's even more criticism than than you know there would be if we were playing. I don't know any other team outside of yeah. the yeah. division. So, yeah, yeah and, that, and, and just... it, it is the whole anticipation thing, right? If this was a week seven game, Bears lose 10 to three and they're they're six and uh, six and oh through the season or whatever, you know, no one would care at all, really. But because of all the talk that we heard and all the expectations there were, it's just such a letdown. And, and again, against your division rival, that's why it's so upsetting. Just, you know, Chris said it perfectly, but uh, again, this team will bounce back stronger. They will come back uh, fully expect that chris anything else um just bear down bear down guys uh yeah just try to let's just try to be positive move forward and get this one against denver totally keep believing and uh i think we both agree we will find this team in the playoffs so and and look they'll come out against denver and they'll prove it we fo- will fully believe that so that just wraps it up here chris nato kevin lafka here bears nation podcast uh bear down make sure to subscribe uh drop a like and please no more negativity be critical but not so much negativity. Just take it easy uh, and just, just wait till week two when the Bears uh, come back stronger. So uh, that wraps it up. Bear down. Take care, Chris. We'll see you next week. All right, my brother. I'll see you, my man. Peace out. Welcome.